0: Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Today I am joined in my studio by Nsiki Baela. She is such a gem, a South African jewel in our crown. She was the first lady winemaker, but more than that, lady winemaker of color to have received all the awards and accolades that she has to date. We're terribly proud of her and I got bludgeoned by my colleagues to say that as much as I feel that women shouldn't have to celebrate themselves because they are just already the top of the pops, we do have to do something about making the world aware of all of us in this August, which is our Women's Month. So Nsiki, friend, colleague, darling, co-judge, long-time, long-time colleague, welcome to Carrie's Corner. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Carrie. It's good to always see you. I know, and we're on this riverside thing again. Like I said to you, I'm very, very uncomfortable with this whole YouTube thing. So people see our faces. They, <laughs> I'm not used to these, this, this at all. You know me many, many years on radio, but thank you. Yep. Yeah, no, but and you see, look
1: gorgeous. You look gorgeous. So oh let's enjoy darling. the moment.
0: We'll enjoy, enjoy the moment. moment. We'll just celebrate yes. for today. Nsiki.
1: No, not for today, Kerry. Let's just celebrate. Forever. <laughs> yes. Forever.
0: Yes. A bottle of wine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Full glass Why bottle not? of wine. Just Why? celebrate. Yes. Nsiki, where were you born? So
1: I'm from Guazuru Natal, Emma Labatini, Uh from the village of Guavutela. Mm-hmm. So that's where I come from, the rural village, and I grew up there with my grandmother. Wow, where were your mum and dad? Somewhere working? My mom was working. Uh, born of a single mother, so she was okay. working in Durban as a domestic worker. Of which, a few years later, when I matriculated, I worked for a year as a domestic worker, and then.
0: No, what are you then- telling me? It makes your story even more heartwarming. <laughs> so, were you? A, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Were you an only child or do you have brothers and sisters? I've
1: got, okay, let's put it this way. I've got a sister uh, from a mom, but I think as we grow up in our families, black families, we've got brothers and sisters everywhere.
0: I know, so, no, I can't keep track. I don't know how you guys sort this thing out. <laughs> I've got people who are friends, but I suppose in your culture, you're my sister as well, aren't you? Yes. So you were born in a little rural village in Natal. You went to school. You got your matric. You went and worked Mm. as a domestic worker at your mum's employer in Durban. No, not at my mum's. Different one. Okay. So you got a different Different job as a domestic worker. And during the course of your first year being a domestic worker, what little bird was bashing away in your ear saying, Siki, I'm worth more than this?
1: Well, I, I think w- what had happened was when I wanted to go work, um, I remember uh, when that, op- I'm going to call it because it was an opportunity for me to move out of the village, go into the city. And my grandmother was completely ag- against it. And yes. so I had to beg her and ask for her blessings because for me, I saw that as a stepping stone of to something. Because I was going to be in the city. I've got access to information, access to things. But also what had happened in that is they had said, you know what? You can apply at a college or a and who will pay for your studies. So you will do your chores in the morning and evening and then do go to class during the day. Oh, and so your so employer was... said to you, go and study some more? Yes. I was going to continue studying. They were going to pay for my studies. I was just going to be doing outside my work hours. Okay. And that's what yes. you did. So where did you, where did you sign up to go and study? So I got accepted at um, Mangosuthu Technicon to do chemical engineering. Okay. And um, in that process, I got called at school because there was a scholarship uh, from South African Airways to study winemaking in Stellenbosch. Oh, so, and so South African
0: Airways did do something right. In all years <laughs> we went and they were one thing right oh, yes, yes, have people them. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. They that's
1: did, what you is. know. Yeah, so it was the recruitment that Chablan Changas was doing with a, a minister of education, Gango Sishandu. And yeah. so I was one of those recruitees. And when I got to Stellenbosch, oh, but actually before coming to Stellenbosch, I had an interview with SAA. And I remember the guy who was actually involved in this, Mr. Deval. He's like one of those people that you wish you can still see them because they mm-hmm. played a role in, I remember when I got to Stellenbosch, because I got the scholarship, yes. they told me it's in Afrikaans, I'm like, I'll do it. I had no clue really what I was saying. Like, <laughs> no, especially from okay.
0: Natal. I mean, the Nat- my family come from Natal, and none yes. of them could speak Afrikaans. They just didn't speak Afrikaans in Natal, did they?
1: That, that's the thing, like, I, I couldn't, like it was one of those, ah, I'll do it, uh, because I believe that, you know, everything you can study um, and do it. Mm. So there was mm. me, And I'll do it. And then getting to Stellenbosch and realizing, oh, damn, this was hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, never again, cold. but I feel I'm here. Mm. Yes. So, um, so I think one of the things, as I was talking about um, the guy from SAA, Mr. Deval, one thing he did was when I got accommodation, he called the landlord, because I wasn't at the university in my first part of the year, because was no, I couldn't get accommodation. So he mm. called the landlord where I was staying, and I don't know what he said to the landlord, but all I know is that when I came back from class, the landlord was in a panic and asking me if I was okay and everything was fine. And I was thinking, what did Mr. DeVal say? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so yeah. So you got so your accommodation sorted, you... accommodation sorted
0: out and finally I my accommodation sorted out on campus then after that okay good and you yeah. did and you did your chemical engineering degree or did you change to winemaking what did you do no I, when i got to Stellenbosch, then i did winemaking i came i, I came i changed
1: the course that i was going to do even though i was accepted and then i just chose this one because i was advised um one of my mothers actually because where i was working that was my extended family this was part mm. of the family members so she had mm. advised me do you know what um this is something we all don't know. And it's completely different. Mm. Um, and again, because my other concern was like four years, that's too long. My mom is struggling. and it's something that I can get a job now and, you know, and mm. be able to do to support mm. at home. And at that time, I think, um, oh, at that time, also I had gotten accepted at a at nursing school. So yes. with the nursing school, you like you study and you get paid at the same time. So yes. that was more attractive, I can say. But yes. it, was, <laughs> it was around, uh, I think, Zuma, Dr. Kosazana Zuma, she was still the Minister of Health at that time.
0: Okay.
1: And I remember um, my, one of my mothers was like, mm, I think the Stellenbosch one is more attractive. So she advised me and then I came to Stellenbosch.
0: So you went to Stellenbosch on an SAA scholarship with a Mr. Duval who was your fairy godfather. And you worked really, really hard because you do – I think you do a BSc in agriculture at Stellenbosch before you sort of specialize in anything enological. And there's a lot of chemistry. There's a lot of science. It's a difficult course. I mean, it's not an easy course to pass. You can't be stupid if you're going to study that course. And you did extremely well. What made you decide to be a winemaker? I mean, coming from – a province that doesn't plant a single vine. Um, I don't imagine that you were drinking a huge amount of wine in rural hotel. <laughs> what led you to the wine industry? So basically for me, it was
1: wanting to change my life. And so when the opportunity of studying winemaking, it could have been anything, but the scholarship specifically said winemaking. But okay. also when I was there, Uh, Because I think SAA realized that some of the students were dropping out. And they called me and said, look, if you want to change, don't drop out. We'll continue paying. I think they understood that, you know, there's more issues than what's at face value. Mm. And Mm. so they're like, if you feel like you need to change the course, don't drop out of the university. We'll still continue paying. But at that time, I was already working as a student part-time at a wine farm. I was working at Delheim. um, Mm. And so... Started drinking wine, getting wine for free. So I was like, <laughs> "And Dillham such a I'll, gorgeous place." So I was like, I, "I'll keep it here. I'll stay. I'll stay in this industry." So yeah.
0: So in six, you
1: graduated in what year? Graduated in two thousand and three, and then started working at Stella in two thousand and four.
0: That's when I met you, really. When you were at, when you went to Stella Kai, and you were with yes, Dave was his name, Dave. Yes. Yeah, I remember Dave. Dave. That's it. And you started to make wine. Mm. And I actually think that secretly behind the scenes you were making a lot of the wine. You were basically running that place, weren't you? I hope Dave's not listening to us. But I just, the first time I met you, I remember thinking that you had an amazing command of not only your subject, but of the whole business aspect of the winery as well. You were getting stuck into sales and marketing and forecasting and exporting. And I think it afforded you a fantastic springboard, didn't
1: it? It did. I I think, you know, it was when I look at my job at Stelekaya, I feel it was, you know, when you place an order and then it come as you've ordered, that is what had happened. When I finished studying one thing I wanted was to work in a small farm. I wanted to Mm. work in a small company where Mm. I can work in all aspects of the business. And that's what I wanted. And so working at Stilica actually gave me that. As hence, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't a, a chore or a difficult thing to say, okay, fine, what's missing? What needs to be done? What's, you know, all those things. I was basically just Jumping into it, um, mm. I remember this one time when one of our um, colleague on the accounts decided to drop and like literally leave the company, <laughs> walk out. Yes. walk out. It happened, and, and I had orders for my clients because I took the company as my own. For me, it wasn't Dave's company. It was it's my mm. wine, and mm. people have to get my wine, mm. and so. When that happened, I remember I called my colleague because, as much as she walked out, she wasn't walking out on me. No. So she owed you a little her. bit
0: of a handover. She could at least have told you what you were supposed to be doing.
1: Well, she she wasn't supposed to tell me what because I, I wasn't gonna, like that was her department. But I was yeah. always involved everywhere, putting my fingers everywhere. So when she left, I said to her, I called her. I said, I need your help. I need to make an invoice. I've got orders, and I do want people to get their wines. And mm. so she went through the system with me on the phone, and I like whenever the orders come through, I'll go make the invoices, make sure that I take the wine through, go deliver the wine. In some areas and or some places, I will send our driver to go deliver. But I was like, I had to make sure that was happening, and I remember my boss asked me, "Davis, like, oh, you know how to work on pastel?" I was like, uh, "Well, I had to work. I had to find out how it works over the phone because." I've got people who have to get their wines, you know, yeah. and so even for him, he was in shock that I knew how to do
0: that because. But it was no. Wonderful. Well, I, as I say, when I first met you, I was, I was blown away by the fact that here was this little winemaker who was moving and shaking all over the place. But in addition to that, you were basically helping Dave run that business, so it was. I think you were one of the first very hands-on winemakers that I'd met everybody else was you know South Africa is one of those funny places where winemakers started out being um hailed as they were almost sanctified you know you and I both know if I if I was to set out a thing a a little question into the atmosphere today to say who's the winemaker at Chateau Petrus or who's the winemaker at Chateau Lafitte nobody even Mm. knows they keep yeah. themselves terribly under the radar. There's no sanctifying of them. There's no th- But in South Africa, we suddenly got the space in our wine industry where a winemaker was tantamount to the right-hand side of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. you were one of the first people that I'd met because I'd been living in the U.K. and I'd studied over there, and you were one of the first winemakers that I met when I came back and I was working in Norman Goodfellows. Who was so unbelievably approachable? I could phone you for anything. You were always available. If I phoned and said in six, I need twenty cases for this, or can you do a wine tasting for that? Or can you were just available. You were just there. You were hands on. You were getting stuck in, and I was absolutely blown away by your can do attitude. Did your granny instill that can do attitude in you? Where did it come from?
1: I, I believe she did, um, because. I believe she was one of the people who there was nothing difficult for her. Uh, So she always have to, like she'll take stuff. I always say she was one of those who turns 20 cents into a dollar. Good. So she was, she was very good at doing that. Uh, I learned from her from seeing what she does, then from her
0: telling so it was, it was osmosis, that, really, more than anything yes, else. Hey? Yes, it was granny yes, to, yes. to grandchild, osmotic process. And you learned. I just think it's brilliant. Did she, was she um, educated? Did she go to school or did she just make sure that you were going to be as good as you could be?
1: Uh, she didn't go to school. But I remember that uh, she said, there was this one point. She said, she, with the little that she knew, one of the things she never wanted to do, whenever I bring a report from school, because parents have to sign. She would yes. be like, I know that I'm ex- like I'm expected of it just to put an X. But she'll be <laughs> like, No, no, no. It's your report. I wanna make sure that I write oh. my name. Like she would she'll take time and try and write her name on it. How fantastic
0: so, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Very lucky, all of us who have been um influenced by women like your grandmother in our lives. I had two grandmothers, two very different Characters, one was a wild Irish thing and the other one was a Victorian <laughs> English one. So hence the terrible mix up of chromosomes and, and DNA in my body, but they do impart certain um, values and, and ethics in you. And I think that you, I think that you really have shown that a work ethic and a can do attitude really is the first step towards becoming unstoppable. So you joined Dave Lillo at Stella Kaya. Did you apply for the job or did he come and snatch you out of Stellenbosch before you'd even graduated?
1: I applied for the job. Again, what had happened is I had been applying for jobs and getting regrets. And as always, Javlan came to the rescue again. He's like, oh, yeah, because I think they're not sure they were friends with Dave or something. And he's like, oh, yeah. Send your CV also at Stelica. I know that uh, Dave said something or the winemaker
0: is going to be leaving soon. Is so, this my Jabalani who's in New York? He's got his wine shop in New York now. Yes. Same one. Yeah. Oh, he was an yeah. amazing guy. Mm. So, so he pointed you in the direction. You took the job. So I so I applied and
1: Jane called me uh, for an interview and I went. And I remember when Dave was taking me through the cellar tour, telling me what was happening in the cellar all I was saying this place looks so beautiful it's nice it's small just I'm thinking in my head hire me so much that I don't remember what he was saying on the tour really. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was just what you wanted
1: yeah it was like just hire me hire me hire me hire me in my mind and, yeah. and and then Jane said when we called your references it seems like they don't want to let you go and I was like it's possible <laughs> I was like it's, it's possible but yeah I want to go you know, so. so Stella
0: Kaya is a fabulous little farm, and it's specialised. Um, I think from memory, largely in barrel fermented reds. Is that your yeah. passion and your love as well? I enjoyed. I think if there's one thing
1: I enjoyed when I was working at Stella Kaya is working in plastic bins. It was so. because it's, it's so small. You know, everything mm. is in your hands. It's in your fingertips, mm. um, and then do the secondary fermentation in barrels. Mm. Uh, but what I remember, one of my favorite, there were two favorite moments was when I made Malbec for the first time. Ooh.
0: Fermenting Did you beans. have Malbec on the farm or did you bring the grapes in
1: from somewhere? They were on the farm. There was a very first wow. batch of Malbec on the farm. And I remember, you know, I would just walk in in the morning, not because I want to check the temperature in the wine. I just want to dip my hand in the bin. <laughs> and then look at it because it just looks
0: so beautiful. I
1: know. And you, want a day,
0: color, hey, you want to trace that color, hey? Yeah, line, it was just
1: stunning. Mm-hmm. And this one day, Dave came in. He was at the door. And I'm like, come in, come in, come in. And he goes, what is it? I'm like, come. And then I go, put your hand. <laughs> and oh. then he will just, he will follow and he does that. And I'm like, look at that color. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a work of art, isn't I was arch, just isn't it? fascinated and like amazed and excited about this first batch of, of Malbec that we're making, it is
0: beautiful. And it did taste delicious as well. Oh, I remember it was that, Malbec. It is. It is I remember that, Malbec. So it you, you worked with Dave. You made your mark. Um, I don't know how to put this without sounding patronizing because I don't patronize women. I, I don't patronize anybody. Um. I work on a strictly in a, in a meritocracy world. That's my, that's my world. You earn your accolades and you earn your respect and you have certainly earned both. You stayed with Dave Lello for how long? 13 years. Yeah. You really stuck to your knitting there, didn't you? And did Dave help you? Did Dave help you to set yourself up in your own little business or who helped you to do that? Was it just you by yourself? Um, so what happened was,
1: um, that was 2011. No, did it start in 2011? I said to Dave, Dave, I do want to start my own business, my own label. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. All winemakers do that. Mm. And I was like, okay, great. And then around that time, um me, Kapulmash, from Wine for the World in the U.S., came and she, I wanted to have a meeting with me. And she told me about the idea she has of doing a collaboration for winemakers. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm in. And then so she <laughs> set me up with Helen Keplinger from California. We had to make a wine, which was called Keplinger Biella. So I bought the bulk wine from the bulk one that I was making at Stelicay. I was like, Dave, do you mind if I buy some bulk? Just we want a little bit. We don't want much. Yeah. She said, no, that's fine. We made 1,800 bottles out of that. Um, it was sold in the in New York. Basically, everything disappeared in New York. Mm. And then we did a second batch. With We had changed the name uh, to Suo because we realized that in restaurants in New York, um, uh, restauranteurs were struggling and sommeliers were struggling to pronounce this long name. So yeah. we named it Suo. So then we... Did that, and then the money that came from there—that was the profit that I actually started as with. Wow! And did you also, buy? A, did you buy a property? Have you
0: actually got a property that's called? No, Aslina? I don't
1: have. I don't have a property yet, but we are working towards that. So for me, the key thing was build the brand. Then once we have a brand, the next step get a facility. Yes. Either than starting it the other way around because financially, as a company, we couldn't what. Well, as a person then, I couldn't afford that. No, it's company.: Yes, that's the thing. So we started um, by doing that. And I remember at some point we sat with, I was talking to Miles and, and we were like, maybe we need to rent a cellar together. We need to do this. And we're trying to figure out how we're going to, you know, get a space. Mm. Um, but we ended up not doing that. And so we,
0: we're still in the process of building. So where are you making home. where are you making your Aslina wines at the moment? So, we are currently making them at
1: Delheim now. So, okay, we started your actually making the ones at Delheim last year. So, mm. we're now making them at Delheim.
0: Yeah. So, you started your, your own label in 2016. Um, yes. I th- and you were working off quite a strong base because you've been, you really have brag. You've got five minutes to brag. Tell my listeners all the awards that you have received because they are impressive and they are many brag for us quickly. Oh my word. Okay. I think for the wines
1: themselves, it's been great to know like our 2016, that was the first one under Aslina mm. 2016 uh, Chardonnay got a, a silver medal from um, Michael Angelo. And then our cab and the Bordeaux blend got gold medals consecutive years. And then we also got um, gold medal for both wines Uh, in Japan, which is in the Sakura Awards. Uh, Mm. So there's been that. And we Mm. recently got silver from Old Mutual from Our Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, did you? you Now, this year, did you get This year, yes. Fantastic. Our Sauvignon Blanc 2020. So we got that. And also as a winemaker, you know, looking way back, being crowned Women Winemaker of the Year Mm. and being um, uh, in the group of 20 women to watch uh, by... um, food magazine in the US, mm. and also being recognized as, like just being recognized as a legend winemaker uh, by Hughes Society in the US. And, it's brilliant. Uh, I mean, yes, and it's and just so well-deserved. Yes, and the nomination by the commemorative, uh, on the commemoration of the South African wine industry for being, uh, for the, what is it? It's diversity and um,
0: transformation. So. Yeah. Well, you know that you've got too many awards when you can't even remember which ones you've. I can't got. remember. That's a mm. thing. It's like
1: I need to write a list and then
0: read through the list, but I
1: know. to think of them in the head, it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's, enough. What it's enough.
0: It's enough, really. But as I say, all terribly well deserved. If I was to ask you, what do you like making best? What's your favorite baby to make in the cellar? <laughs> Blends.
1: Currently, I'm enjoying my fascinating when I blend um Sasan.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how am I going to have you on my panel for Diners Club Winemaker of the Year this year? Because it's for blends. It's for red blends. And Nsiki oh. and I have tasted together forever and ever and ever. And now your wine is probably going to be in the competition. But anyway, that's for another, that's for another day. We'll work something out there. But <laughs> so you, you making your blends. Tell everybody what you do when you're doing your blending. Do you taste and taste and taste? Do you put them in different barrels? How do you do it? So what I do, basically, I ferment the wine separately. Ferment Mm -hmm. separately. And then Mm -hmm. I'll taste
1: individual wines and see which one I feel, in terms of character, will work best for the blend. Um, Because even the cab, also, there's a bit of blending in there. And so uh, then I'll just play with doing small samples. I do the small samples, taste those, eliminate, work with elimination process until I'm left with three. The three ones that are left that I need to choose from, it's either three or two. Then I'll keep them for like a couple of days and then retaste them to make the, cho- the final choice. So Nsiks, Umsamasani, what does that mean? Umsasane, it's a, it's a Zulu word for the akasha tree, uh, which okay. is an iconic tree in Africa. But it's my grandmother's nickname. It's from. It's derived from my grandmother's nickname, the So that's what her sisters and friends called her. She was uh, uh, fondly known. So and, I, I decided and to name my brand, my blend with that.
0: That's beautiful. And what have you put into your blend? What's inside? It's, like,
1: it's Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, and Petit Verdot. It's those three. Okay, so you've got
0: three of the big five in there. I'm three dying of the big five, five have... and the bold ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So then we, you also produce a straight Cabernet for which you're, a, you're synonymous with cab for me. I remember the Cabernet that you made for Dave Lelo. It was absolutely yes. delicious. It was a bit of an iconic wine. And I, I always, when I think in Siki, I think Cabernet. Are you make, you're making a straight cab under your new label, under your Aslina label?
1: No, it's not 100% cabs. Even Estelica, oh. I
0: wasn't making a hundred percent
1: cab. So, were you um, cheating there? It was it no, a
0: little
1: it bit like, under you, 15% there? Yes. Like, it probably I'll put like 6% or like 6 or 10% of Cap Frank. I used to like, you know, play around and see what else I want to play with in the cab. And with this one, I've been playing a lot with Petit Vedot, actually.
0: Just do a dash. It's a very it's interesting, in but also again, Petit Vedot, that beautiful color. It just changes everything and it gives you some texture. I, I, I think I it, am a great. For me, it's been the fascinating a, machine with that.
1: Because I've been thinking Petit Verdot is like backbone of tannins and color. But
0: the fruits that are there, the underlying mm. fruits, it's beautiful. You're so right. You know, last year sometime, I did a tasting with um, Karen Green from Thelema. And mm. and the webs bottled a 100% Petit Verdot from Thelema. And I tasted it with such interest because I would never ever have imagined a one hundred percent petit verdot for all those same reasons that you just pointed out. Mm. It, we mm. know that it gives the the blend some nice structure, and we know that it gives it that gorgeous color. But the fruit the fruit component in in um, the Thalima Petit Verdot was absolutely delicious. Definitely. Have you? Have you found that you're stepping up the component of Petit Verdot in your blend? Every single vintage, you put more and more and more?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't ask you all your secrets. hey? I shouldn't be asking you all your secrets. Mm. So have you got any idea as to where you're going to make your home home? I don't have an idea yet, but um,
1: I I believe... That when I find the space, when I find the place, all I can tell you is this. I know when I have to build a cellar, I know the structure of the cellar, how it's going to look like. Have you designed I've already it already? I've designed it in my head.
0: Good girl. So what we need to do here now is we need to hope that one of the biz news, very wealthy biz news men mm. is watching us. He's going to fall in love with you. And he's going to phone you up next week and say, Nsiki, I'm buying you a farm. Is that, is that our first prize? Oh, that would be the first prize. <laughs> or should we say, screw that, we'll just do what we've always done and buy a farm for ourselves? Actually, that, actually that's what we're maybe working that's, towards. Maybe
1: that's, that's what that's we're a working towards. <laughs> we're working towards where we are now. We are just a few steps away from buying our own farm. So that's what we're doing. We're
0: working towards that. It's fantastic. Have you got
1: somebody who helps you in the cellar? Uh, well, because I'm making the wine at Delheim, so the mm. the Delheim people are using their own stuff and so we just basically come in and do what we need to do and work with the winemaker at Delheim, Roloft, it's okay, fine. Yes. These are the plans. this is where we are
0: and yeah. And where are you getting your fruit from for your Aslino wines? I'm getting
1: some of the fruit is Delheim and some it's from other farms like Akenal that I've been doing quite a bit, so yeah.
0: yeah. So you so you get out there and select at the beginning and of the Elgin, vintage, yes. or do you sign up? Do you sign up contracts for a few years, or how do you do it? Do you just go and have a look during uh, it, the year. It's beginning of the vintage, yes. Um,
1: mm. Because sometimes, the, like I think this is one of the issues. Because I get some from Elgin also. Some of the issues is that some of the things are based on availability. I've been very lucky that it's always it has been available right through. But, Mm. you know, that's the thing when you're working with farms that make their own wine that goes to Mm. the bottle. So it's basically based on availability.
0: Yes. And you're not bottling huge amounts of wine, are you? I mean, you you do export quite a lot of your wine, I think. Yes. You've been very clever with that. Mm.
1: We do (laughs) export um, quite a bit. I think that's where we started because our market was built from an international market first and Mm. then we're coming back home now to actually mm. emphasize that while we're still peddling to expand in the export market.
0: Mm. Yeah. And Siki, we're so proud of you. you. Thank you. Thank you. You really are an inspiration to many, many people. You've just soldiered on indomitably and you have never allowed anything to hold you back. For me, that is just such an unbelievably admirable quality in anybody and I'm very proud that you happen to be part of my agenda. Um, we're proud of lots of people. But, you know, I think that there's such a feeling out there at the moment that women are downtrodden. And people like you are a shining beacon of hope that you really don't have to buy into that without minimizing the fact that there are many women who are marginalized, hugely Yes, unless you're yeah. born into an incredibly marginalized space. I think that we are living in a country where women are acknowledged if you stand up and shout loud enough. Yeah. And and once having decided in your own mind that you are acknowledged and you're worth it, which is exactly what you did, um, you march out there and you march to the beat of your own drum and you make sure that the music that you create makes it happen for you. And that's exactly what you've done. We're terribly proud of you. We are so lucky to have an Anziki Biola. I do hope that you're going to come up to South South Africa, to Johannesburg soon, (laughs) and we can share a couple of bottles of Aslina together. If anybody wants to buy Aslina wines, can they buy them from your website? How can they do that? Yes, they can buy them from our website. And it's www. a s l i n a yes dot
1: com, dot, dot com. Asli- yes. Aslina w- and
0: and then seeks where to from here what's your next goal to to smash the next goal is to get a farm <laughs> Done. I'm sure we're going to get somebody next week. I'm sure next week you're going to phone me and say, Carrie, one of your business guys phoned me and I'm buying my farm. Come and choose with me. Or, or else I'm going to call and say,
1: Carrie, ne- next week I'm saying, Carrie, I've decided I got a farm. I'm going to buy it.
0: Good girl. Better See. still. <laughs> <laughs> Zeeks, have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for joining me on My Carrie's Corner. It's always such a privilege to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Carrie.